Welcome to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, making it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Brought to you by Subway, where winners eat. everyone welcome to tribe talk jim rosenhouse along with you on this thanksgiving weekend and it's great to have you with us as we slide in some baseball talk on the radio on what is always a big college football weekend and also uh, some college hoops getting started but uh, i know a lot of folks like to listen to some baseball talk on the radio no hard news for you this week as uh, teams Relatively quiet, though. Uh, still a, a little bit more activity starting to happen on the acquisition and trade front. Uh, former Indian, at least in their farm system, and just a cup of coffee in the major leagues with the tribe. Dave Roberts, named manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers earlier this week. So uh, that about the the top of the list in terms of newsworthy items in Major League Baseball. The winter meetings will take place at the tail end of next week, and on next week's show, we may have some news for you uh, as the winter meetings begin. So we'll see. But uh, this time of year, more uh, a time of year for teams to take a step back, kind of recharge, and get ready for their uh, real prime time in terms of offseason acquisition. So while they do that, and uh, specifically toward the Cleveland Indians, we'll take a step back. And from time to time, uh, our good friend Bob DiBiasio, we like to highlight a show that is no longer. We don't see it all that often anymore, but uh, the old Tribe Roundtable discussions that were a staple on Sports Time Ohio, that is, has changed a bit with the acquisition of Sports Time by Fox. But we'll take you back this Thanksgiving Saturday or Sunday, depending on where you're tuned in to Tribe Talk this week, and have a roundtable that features uh, talk of the early to mid-90s with Manager Mike Hargrove, the, the manager of those great teams back in the 90s for the Cleveland Indians. And their young catcher, Sandy Alomar, such a big key when he was acquired from San Diego that really started to turn things, the trade that brought Alomar and Carlos Baerga to the Indians and really seemed to kick things in gear in terms of what was to come in the mid-90s. And that staple, that consistent starting pitcher that every team needs to have Charlie Nagy, he'll be a part of this show as well. So uh, when we come back, we'll take a time out here, and then we'll join Bob DiBiasio on uh, one of his roundtable discussions with Mike Hargrove, Sandy Alomar Jr., and Charlie Nagy as we get rolling with Tribe Talk after this timeout on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a coach giving the ultimate pep talk. Listen, the proper technique is going to Progressive.com so you can see Progressive's direct rate with our competitors' rates, even if we're not the lowest, like we practiced. And remember, no matter what happens, the important thing is to try and save some money out there. Uh, thanks, coach. Man, I love this job. Compare rates and save at Progressive.com. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Meet Peter. Hello? Peter is about to round out his bobblehead collection. Just need one more. But he'll go below his account's minimum balance and get charged a fee. Minimum balance fee? Yep. Because of a wiggly little statue. Switch to a KeyBank hassle-free account with no monthly minimum balance or overdraft fees. Get full details at key.com slash switch now or any KeyBank branch. Member FDIC and Banking Home of the Indians. Give the gift of baseball this season with a Tribe Holiday Six-Pack. Starting at just $84, six-packs include tickets to six of the most popular Friday, Saturday, or Sunday Indians games throughout the summer. And they're going wild at Progressive Field. And are available for seating options around the ballpark. It's one of the most affordable ways to enjoy Tribe baseball all summer long. Six-packs are on sale now through December 23rd. So hurry to get yours by visiting Indians.com. Oh, what a ballgame! When flu season rears its aching, coughing, sneezing, feverish head, protect yourself, your loved ones, and your coworkers by getting your flu shot today at Discount Drug Mart. Flu shots at Drug Mart are easy and convenient. Walk-ins are welcome, and all pharmacists in all locations are prepared to immunize you during pharmacy hours. Most insurance is accepted with a zero copay for most Medicare, Medicaid, or Medical Mutual of Ohio patients. The flu can end with you at Discount Drug Mart. Welcome to another edition of Indians Alumni Roundtable, a show dedicated to the celebration of the rich history of the Cleveland Indians franchise. And we're very excited with our show since we are now going to be, have the opportunity to celebrate one of the great uh, decades in the history of our franchise, one of the magical eras of Cleveland Indians baseball with skipper Mike Hargrove, catcher Sandy Alomar, and pitcher Charles Nagy. Gentlemen, let's just dive right into it. And the first part I would like to talk about is your path to the big leagues. When it dawned on you that you could actually be a big leaguer. Charlie, you were a first-round draft pick out of the University of Connecticut, played in the Olympics in 1988. When did it dawn on you that you could be a professional baseball player? It took a while, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I, you know, I just would played the game, loved the game. Uh, went through the process, didn't really know much about, you know, you go to college, you, I got drafted, and then didn't know, you know, minor league system and stuff like that, so I was a little naive to everything, and then just uh, worked my way through, and just next thing you know, I was locker in uh, Keith Hernandez's locker in the old stadium. Well, that, that's an honor. That was fun. He was your first locker? Well, it, it, well the locker room was so right. small. Right. And that he was on the DL, I guess, so right. much yeah. that they, they just threw me in his locker. And I actually, he came one day and he just told me not to touch his cigarettes. <laughs> so, uh, and that was my, I was just, I was just a, a wide-eyed kid back then. But I don't think it was until the next spring training that I kind of felt like I, I, I belonged and I can get guys out. And then that was, I think that was 91. It wasn't in high school, it wasn't in college, where you said, you know, I think I might be able to make a career out of this. It was no. actually when you got... I think my dad might have, if you <laughs> ask him, if he was yeah. sitting here right now. But yeah. no, I just always, just on the progression, I, you go to college and then you get a job. And this, this, well, it didn't take you very long to get I was to lucky, come through, no, though, did it? No, I mean, you were in the minor leagues at all, very long. Yeah, I played a, a year. Yeah. A little more than a year in the minors. Did you league. even play in the minors in 88 when you got no, to? Because you went to the, the Olympics, whole summer, right? The Olympics that whole summer. Right. First spring training, 89, Kinston, Canton. Then I started in Canton again in 90. 
and got called up from there. Right. Sandy, you obviously come from a uh, baseball family. Um, what is it? Was it a foregone conclusion that uh, you were going to be a big leaguer? Well, it, I'm, <laughs> I wasn't in the same boat like Nagy said. I, I really wanted the opportunity to sign professionally. Uh, the only difference is that uh, I signed as a high school player, so I felt like I had a, a bigger window and opportunity to develop myself as a professional league. Uh, Nagy was a little bit more advanced, you see, playing college. and Basically, college is kind of like a minor leagues uh, in professional baseball. And uh, he also had the opportunity to play uh, uh, in the USA team. But when I came to the United States and I saw the competition, I didn't, I didn't realize how many people you had to compete against. I thought, oh, you know, this guy come from these uh, bloodlines and uh, he's a catcher, he got a good arm, whatever. And you see the people you have to compete against, you go, wow, wait a minute. I don't even think I have a chance. <laughs> but... Uh, Fortunately enough, uh, I had the ability to catch and throw, and, and I was able to develop my hitting later on in my career. I, I remember, I remember uh, when I played for Texas, and this goes way back. When I played for Texas, I played for Sandy's dad. I played with Sandy's dad. And uh, Sandy and Robbie used to run through the clubhouse. There were about 15 of these little rugrats running through the clubhouse, <laughs> and they'd be playing, uh, sti you know, stick ball. They'd get tape ball, and they'd play it in the clubhouse. You were dodging fastball. Barry, Barry and Ricky Bonds. Barry and Ricky Bonds. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, Nellie Browse had a, had a son that was running around that. So it was, uh, you know, I've known Sandy a long time. Could they play in your locker but not touch your cigarettes like Keith well, Hernandez? They couldn't, <laughs> they couldn't touch my snuff. <laughs> <You> That's, <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, we we I'm sorry to interrupt you. We used to, we used to enjoy Grover because uh, Grover used to do all these things. All the kids, when they come out, we play stickball. They imitate my dad and Grover because they all take their time fixing their sleeves. Their fixing pants. the thumb. That was, that was the thing that kids yeah. like to emulate. Like, it's the, funny. The human rain delay. Oh, that was his nickname. How about you, Grover, in terms uh, of your managerial coaching career when uh, playing career ended? You, yeah, you, you were you were willing to go down to the minor mm -hmm. leagues and start uh, in Class A and, and work your way up. Yeah, I, you know I wasn't real thrilled about doing that. You know, there <laughs> was a, there was a job on the staff uh, in Cleveland at the time that that, that I retired, and uh, you know I wanted that job, and and, and Dan O'Brien wouldn't let me have it. He said, No, you got to do this the right way. Started out as a hitting instructor at a rookie club in '86, and and you know it, it, as a player, you know you you know what it takes or what it took to get you ready to play. For the year, you knew what ready, what it, what what it took for you to get ready to play that day, and and you know once you got you got prepared, you were you were done. You know you could sit and wait and get, you know and and rest and get ready mentally for the ball game. As a coach or a manager, you you forget how hard that those kids have to work. Like you said, competing against all these people. Right. And uh, you know that was a big learning experience. That's one of the first things that just slammed me right in the face was was how hard these kids had to work just to be able to go from rookie ball to A ball or, or like, 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 like Chuck, you know, double A to the big leagues. And, and um, uh, that was a, a, big, uh, a big adjustment for me because I had no time to myself. All the, you know, as, as, a, as a player or a pitcher, you'll have 15, 20 minutes you need of the coach's time. Well, there's, there's 25, 26 guys that need 15 minutes of your time. The next thing you know, you're, the, you're at the ballpark at noon and the game start, is starting and you haven't had a chance to take a breath yet. So... Uh, that was tough. I went from there to uh, uh, I managed uh, I managed uh, in uh, Kinston, and then I managed in, in uh, Williamsport, and then Colorado Springs, and was hired uh, on Jack, John McNamara's right. staff as a, as a uh, manager. And and wasn't it, you know I wasn't told you know this, but but uh, you know it was the understanding I knew that I was kind of the manager in waiting, and and uh, and I learned a lot from 
from Johnny Mac. He, he would, uh, and it came quicker than most people thought came when quick, uh, yeah. the 19, what was it, 90, 91, 91 yeah. season. Yeah, yeah that break, uh, yeah. we did it. And we'll talk about that. These two gentlemen uh, were battery mates for more than 10 years, and it all started in 1990, and we'll talk about that when we come back. Give the gift of baseball this season with a Tribe Holiday Six-Pack. Starting at just $84, six-packs include tickets to six of the most popular Friday, Saturday, or Sunday Indians games throughout the summer. And they're going wild at Progressive Field. And are available for seating options around the ballpark. It's one of the most affordable ways to enjoy Tribe baseball all summer long. Six-packs are on sale now through December 23rd. So hurry to get yours by visiting Indians.com. Oh, what a ball game! To those who say, just as the sun rises in the east, so too must breakfast be enjoyed in the morning. McDonald's now says, yeah, we don't really agree with that. Introducing McDonald's new all-day breakfast menu. Now you can get fluffy hotcakes, hash browns, and other delectable tastes day and night. It's time to start enjoying the breakfast you love anytime you wish. Breakfast items vary by location. Deliciousness doesn't. Welcome back to Indians Alumni Roundtable, where we're celebrating one of the magical eras in the Indians baseball with skipper Mike Hargrove, Sandy Alomar, and Charlie Nagy. Let's dive into 1990, um, the early years, I guess the deve developmental years of, of uh, what was in store, the fun that was in store for all of us in Cleveland, uh, played out at the old Cleveland Stadium. 1990, John McNamara is the manager. Uh, opening day lineup included uh, Jerry Brown, Mitch Webster, uh, players like that. You happen to be in, in that uh, starting lineup, your first real taste, uh, having been behind, what, Benito Santiago. Uh, what do you remember about opening day in Cleveland? I was, I was nervous, too, about that. <laughs> I, it was cold. I, I think the opening day in 1990 got snowed out. Got snowed, yeah. We played against the Yankees, got snowed out, and then we played the next day. Right. But uh, it was... Uh, I was nervous, you know, I, I came from uh, San Diego, I was playing six years over there, and uh, I had Benito Santiago in front of me, I was blocked by, he's a star catcher. But having a chance to come to Cleveland and, and, and be the opening day catcher was very gratifying for our family and myself, and I was very happy to be there. I remember that night, uh, Corey Snyder hit like one or two home runs. In the ball game, it didn't count. and it didn't count. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. I thought, yeah, I thought right. he was going to commit suicide. I did. There's snowflakes like this big around yeah. coming down, and, and right. uh, but I was more nervous because I was catching Candiotti also. Oh yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> well, that lineup had Keith Hernandez. Stay away from his cigarettes uh, yeah. at first base. Do you remember who the shortstop was? I was amazed at who the opening day Finish shortstop. for me. No, no, it wasn't Brookings. Felix. Who? Brookings or was it? Was it Martin it Lewis? Was, Rafael Santana. Oh, that's right. That's Opening right. Opening day. Right. I had I forgotten about that. him. He was there on the grower to go over. That's right, yeah. Um, I'd forgotten about him, yeah. Yeah. The team goes 77 and 85, and um, but it was the first um, chance that you guys, you came up. Midway. Midway through the season. I got sent um, back out. Yeah. You were back and forth. No, you only just got sent back down. I got sent down yeah. for like three weeks, and I got called back. Right. Up. How many starts uh, you, you got into? Your record was what, like two and 
two or Maybe. something. Yeah, so you, you don't, you don't remember. Yeah. I won um, one game. That's all I know. Yeah. At I least you won two. Possibly. Yeah. He got hot. Yeah. I, can, yeah. <laughs> I got hot in that September. Was, yeah. That was the era that we had roommates, and Chuck was my first roommate. That's right. That oh, was, yeah? Uh, yeah? Yeah. It's right Serrano. back then when you had to have roommates. Yes, yeah. That's yeah. Well, fun. you capped that season off being uh, rookie of the year, but uh, on your way there, you were the, the first rookie ever to catch an all-star game. Uh, I had that, it'd be fun. You know, the whole year was 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 a lot of fun. I mean, they, this guy, the staff, made it easy for me. Uh, the pitchers, the veteran guy, Candiotti, Johnny Farrell, and then Chuck came in. I, you know, I felt like that Buddy Black, those guys, like, said, you know, go back there, do your thing, and don't worry about it. They were, I was excited catching the veteran guys, just the fact that they helped me tremendously. And then when Grover took over, he made it, you know, very easy. He said, hey, go out there and have fun. Don't worry about the rest. And hopefully your ability to take over. So it, it, was, it was fun. I mean, I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just playing, having fun. <laughs> doing your thing. He did pretty good at it, though. Yes, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah. If you start yeah. figuring things out, then things will go your way. Yeah, well, you know, you know everybody, everybody looks at that back at that era, and, and, and I don't think that, 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 uh, that people like, like John Farrell and Tom Candiotti and Buddy Black and uh, Doug Jones Swindell. got Swindell. enough Swindell, Greg Swindell got it got enough credit for for kind of starting to, to build the foundation right. of what what these young guys right. were able to, to feed off that's of. who I learned and, learned and, the game uh, from those guys they were terribly important I mean and you look at all you look what these guys have done since they've gotten out of baseball they're they're all successful solid guys and they 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 left a good foundation you know I'm not going to say a legacy because you know you you know, wasn't anything you know outwardly that you could look at and say, "Oh, gee, this," but they, but they were good, solid guys that knew how to play the game. They loved the game, and these guys, you know, thank goodness that these guys were smart enough um, and good enough people in their own right that they that they took what these guys were offering and and and, and built on that and uh, started a good thing. Buddy Black was probably one of the guys that. Yeah, Buddy was the first guy I met when I walked into the clubhouse really? in Baltimore, and uh, Buddy actually came up to me, and Buddy's a little quirky sometimes I guess he likes to whatever and he just says hey welcome uh, I just want to let you know I picked out your number for you I'm like all right whatever I didn't really know what he was doing so then it but then he got traded like two weeks later or something like that or later on that season and it took me like five or six years to finally ask him like why, why? 41 <laughs> and he goes oh, it was either 41 or like 82 or something like that I'm like oh, great I, I thought there was a he story was 40 there. right I think he wanted yeah, he was to be 40. right behind you I don't, yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> Anybody else on that staff that... Uh... Swindell, Candiotti, right. Johnny Farrell. I remember talking in depth with Johnny Farrell in spring training uh, just about, you know, goals and stuff like that. And things that I never coach, thought then? about. Don McMahon, uh, no, that wasn't no, done. No, that wasn't done. Uh, it was uh, Mark Watney. It was Mark? Mark Watney, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mark was, yeah. yeah. So, and just talking to those guys and just, you know, they just kind of shaped me and this is what you want to do. You know, your goals right out of the gate should be like 200 innings a year. And you know, certain things are going to happen that are out of your control. Certain things are in your control, and you just control those things that you can control. You know, and every, let everything else. The chips are going to fall where they may. Well, we started the foundation of obviously something uh, wonderful, and when we come back, we'll talk about a pretty tough season on on the path to the magical era, 1991. And once again, you're tuned to Tribe Talk here on the Indians Radio Network as we are listening to. Some of the best of Bobby D and his Indians alumni roundtable discussions. This edition with Mike Hargrove, Sandy Alomar Jr., and Charlie Nagy, reliving some of the, the great days 
of the mid-90s. But when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about Old Cleveland Stadium and New Jacobs Field as they were bridging that gap from one to the next. And uh, we'll hear about that when we continue after this on the Indians Radio Network. Give the gift of baseball this season with a Tribe Holiday Six-Pack. Starting at just $84, six-packs include tickets to six of the most popular Friday, Saturday, or Sunday Indians games throughout the summer. And they're going wild at Progressive Field. And are available for seating options around the ballpark. It's one of the most affordable ways to enjoy Tribe baseball all summer long. Six-packs are on sale now through December 23rd. So hurry to get yours by visiting Indians.com. Oh, what a ball game! You know that little voice in your head that always says this? Don't eat that. You'll regret it in more ways than one. You should hear what it says about the protein-packed Subway Sweet Onion Chicken Teriyaki. Ooh, tender all-white meat teriyaki glazed chicken. Crisp veggies, sweet onion sauce, all on freshly baked bread and under 400 calories. This is better than good. The legendary Sweet Onion Chicken Teriyaki. Sounds great, doesn't it? Subway. Eat fresh. Calories refer to regular six-inch subs on white or nine-grain wheat, but prepared to standard formula. See Subway.com for fat-saturated fat, cholesterol, sodium content, and full nutritional info. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a drill instructor directing a musical. Town hut! Get those tap heels in line and let me see those jazz hands! Are you bundling your home and auto insurance through Progressive? Can you hear me through those sequins? Bundle your home and auto through Progressive and save. Left! Left! Left and step multi! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates. Home insurance provided and serviced by other select insurers. Meet Madeline. Record collector. Call me Maddie. Maddie's smart, but doesn't know her bank charges a monthly fee. Uh, monthly fee? Yeah. I could use that money on music. Yep. Like rock flute. Uh-huh. Tuba slow jams. Okay. Dance yodeling. Sure. Switch to a KeyBank hassle-free account with no monthly minimum balance or overdraft fees and get $100 when transaction requirements are met. For details about this offer or how to get $300, go to key.com slash switch now or any KeyBank branch. Member FDIC. Welcome back to Indians Alumni Roundtable, where we're celebrating baseball in the 1990s, a magical time in Cleveland Indians history with skipper Mike Hargrove, Sandy Alomar, and Charles Nagy. As we move towards uh, the new building and obviously all the magic that was involved in Jacobs Field, we uh, were still in Cleveland Stadium, 1991, and a very difficult season, uh, 57 and, and 105. And, um, John McNamara, you know, was let go. Grover comes on board. And uh, the team started, though, to change in the opening day lineup. All of a sudden, Carlos Baerga, Albert Beller involved, you uh, two, and then the, the group that was going to carry us through started to, to really uh, get going at that time. But that was a tough season for you specifically. You were uh, injured throughout the whole I, uh, campaign. I spent six years in the minor leagues. Never visited the training room. I was a play every day, no problem. My rookie year, I played 132 games. Yeah, you played a lot. And 1991, it's like, man, it's like I couldn't get out of the training room. I mean, I if I, if the ball was in the air to hit somebody, I got my name all over it. <laughs> if uh, if I sleep, something was going to happen. So like, uh, I had a tough time with my knee, growing, and basically, I almost lost the whole, almost a whole year due to that. Charlie, uh, 1991, despite the fact it was a difficult season, it was uh, your trademark 
was established, your durability. 33 starts, over 200 innings pitched. You win 10 games. Again, you pitched sparingly in 1990. All of a sudden, boom, 33 starts in the big leagues. Right. Uh, Yeah, it was great. I mean, uh, I was just having fun, you know, playing in the big leagues. I mean, I think for most of us, you know, we were young at the time, like you said, Carlos and Albert, or he was Joey at the time and whatnot. I mean, we were just, you know, I was just still wide-eyed and just, hey, I'm a big leaguer right now. Just enjoying it and having a good time. I mean, the one thing that that I recall from those days is when we played Toronto and we had so many Blue Jays fans in in the stands. And and that was the the one thing that, you know, the the lack of of people in the stands. But my friends loved it, though. They would come out and they'd they made nice with the with the ushers and stuff like that. So I mean, they ran tabs and did did all that other fun stuff. So it was. It, was it had to be tough on the coaching staff, obviously. Um, but uh, tell us, share with us uh, the day that you get the call. Oh, geez. When you get called upstairs or on the phone. Well, I was I was told that it happened on a Saturday, and I was told on Friday night. I was walking out of the clubhouse. Everybody's gone. I was walking out, and Hank Peters was in the clubhouse and said. Maybe it was you. Yeah, I was. It was you. <laughs> said, uh, Hank wants you to come in in his office, through his office at 9 o'clock in the morning. And I thought, oh, man. He's gonna, I'm going to be the scapegoat. I'm out of here. <laughs> and, uh, and so I didn't sleep all night. I, I, I really didn't sleep. All, and and I, I actually was running at that time. I was exercising. And about 6 o'clock in the morning, I couldn't sleep. And I got up, and, and, I, and I went out and ran and came back and showered. And went to went there and and, and was told that that uh, they were going to let John go and and wanted me, you know wanted me to take over and and uh, so I said sure and, and I'm you know I I spent the rest of that year I don't know how people looked at me but I spent the rest of that year because it had been a couple of years since I'd managed and I had spent I spent the rest of that year being about a half a step behind nothing that happened on the field during the game but a half a step behind uh, having answers ready for for questions from the reporters you know all this stuff that a manager has to do. And uh, when it was all said and done, we got through that year. And I thought we played, I don't know what our record was from, you know, from the All-Star break on, but, but I felt like we competed better. They played hard. Yeah, they played hard. And, and uh, at the end of the year, I, I, I felt like I had to sit down and try to catch my breath. And, but I never, you know, I, I went to spring training the next year, I was fine. But, but I always felt like I was just about a half step behind, you know, with the, with the ancillary stuff. And uh, so it was a little different. Uh, as we move from Cleveland Stadium, any... Last uh, recollections. I do have to point out, 92, again, uh, you come off a 200-plus inning year in 91. and 92, you pitched 252 innings, win 17 games. Um, again, the market durability for the, for the ball club. But closing down Cleveland Stadium, built in 1931, a lot of, obviously, a lot of tradition and, and uh, heritage uh, in that facility. Uh, Bob Hope closing it down, native Clevelander. What do you remember about the final game? I know you started against Jason Bure in that ball game, but what do you remember about the closing of Cleveland? I remember State? Bob Hope. Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd always, I'd always, you know, growing up, uh, his, you know, the Bob Hope specials on TV, and always, uh, always, uh, he was my favorite comedian. And then, and then, uh, then to find out that he was going to come, come, oh, you know, the last day I was, I was fired up about that. I wanted to get the game over with. I want to see, see Bob Hope. So Sing. that's what I remember about that. I remember the sellout, 80,000 people. That was unbelievable. For the like, final series. Such a big stadium. You never fill it out. Right. And then finally you get to see that last 
game of the of the Cleveland uh, Municipal Stadium. 83,000 people, is that, is that yeah, how many yeah. attendees? About 79, I think the actual number was, yeah. I mean, it was just it completely crazy. filled. It, yeah. was, it, was, it was awesome to watch. And you starting the last game, Mel Harder, one of your friends. Yeah. You got to call a friend, which uh, yes. pretty special. Um, Very special. The first game ever pitched, and you get to close it out. Right. Uh, for me personally, I, I mean, came back. That's the season I was hurt. I had surgery, so I rehabbed really hard so I could pitch that last game. And it kind of, you know, closed out the season. Um, and it was, like Sandy said, just the sellout crowd. And just that whole weekend, it was just, you know, the, everything that was going on, it was just unbelievable. But now we're going into uh, uh, Jacobs Field. And just quick um, feeling on that opening day with uh, the President of the United States, all the pageantry that is involved. Uh, what's your first? Uh, well, every, I know I ran you ragged that day. Every opening day, shows. every opening day is, is uh, is real special, but I, I don't. I've never had one like that. I mean, it was really, for me, it was just. It was that you you couldn't take a deep breath. It was so exciting. Um, <laughs> it was a neat new ballpark, and 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 I thought we had a really exciting young ball club. And and uh, you know, little did we know we were launching what you know what what happened. But but it was. Uh, I remember it was it was chilly. The great you know the. Uh, uh, Brandon uh, Kinky, the, our, our groundskeeper, yelled at me for walking on the grass because I had to go be on one of the shows you said. <laughs> I remember that vividly. And so we almost got into a fight there. And, and uh, Brandon for Brandon, you. Brandon, yeah, right, yelling at me, don't walk on the grass. But uh, I was like, is he really saying that? Yeah, he to did the too. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, we. Uh, it's it funny what we remember on those Oh yeah, things. I know it. <laughs> Sandy, I remember you? almost being no hit by Randy. That's Johnson. right. Yeah, until you got a base well, hit. Well, but I'll tell you what. The day before, I think the day before we played Pittsburgh, we played an exhibition game against Pittsburgh. Yeah, right. I was telling Dan O'Dow and John, I said, John, if they left the piece here, we won't be able to see the ball because there was a bridge in center field and it was white. Right. And there was no tarp over there. The background was bad. So, okay, you know, they, they didn't really, Randy was pitching right out of there. You couldn't see anything. Like for seven innings, it was like, uh, he was throwing a no-hitter. Right, that no-hitter. And, uh, we know, we, we ended up winning that game, what, 3-2? Right, uh, Wayne Kirby. Wayne Kirby got a yeah. hit. But the fact is that Bob Feller, after the game, came in. And <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no, no, he didn't thank me. He was, he was like, what are you guys, can't hit? <laughs> you guys <laughs> like, you I said, you almost got through a no-hitter. It's embarrassing. I like, no, said, hey, congratulations. We won the first game. <laughs> <laughs> you guys embarrassing. You know what it was? Bob, obviously is the only pitcher in the history of baseball to pitch a no-hitter on opening day. 70 years ago. 70 years ago, coming up in the 2010 season, and back in Chicago. Um, I actually put him on ESPN with Chris Berman. I said, we got to break this, you know, the mojo here and, and jinx this thing. And, Bob, you go on with ESPN right now and you talk about your no-hitter to break up um, Randy Johnson, it's the inning that you actually got the base Good move, Bobby. Good so, move. Oh, we're all in the press box clapping that we were able to. Uh, <laughs> he came down with a storm from up there and said, hey, congratulations. <laughs> oh, hey, you guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about all the great times that we had at Jacobs Field when we come right back. Give the gift of baseball this season with a Tribe Holiday Six-Pack. Starting at just $84, six-packs include tickets to six of the most popular Friday, Saturday, or Sunday Indians games throughout the summer. And they're going wild 
at Progressive Field. And are available for seating options around the ballpark. It's one of the most affordable ways to enjoy Tribe Baseball all summer long. Six packs are on sale now through December 23rd. So hurry to get yours by visiting Indians.com. Oh, what a ball game! To those who say, just as the sun rises in the east, so too must breakfast be enjoyed in the morning. McDonald's now says, yeah, we don't really agree with that. Introducing McDonald's new all-day breakfast menu. Now you can get fluffy hotcakes, hash browns, and other delectable tastes day and night. It's time to start enjoying the breakfast you love anytime you wish. Breakfast items vary by location. Deliciousness doesn't. Welcome back to Indians Alumni Roundtable. We're celebrating one of the most wonderful eras of Indians baseball with skipper Mike Hargrove, Sandy Alomar, and Charles Nagy. Let's talk about 95. Got off to a, um, a weird start with the ill-fated strategy of replacement players. But once that was pushed aside and we got down to business, it seemed like our ball club was one of the only ones who really had the blinders on, and we took off 100 wins in 144-game well, season. And then we had couple incredible seasons. Talk about um, Albert Bell's 50 homer, 50 double season. That being in the dugout, watching that had to be unbelievable. He, he was fun to watch. I mean, Albert, you know, he has these things. People, he was perceived by many people one way, but in the locker room, he wasn't, other than breaking the thermostat yeah. in front of Kenny Lofton. He had no problem with anybody. Huh? And you break the plates, too, that one time? Yeah, but we, we were not in there. That's before we get in the, in the locker room. He basically, <laughs> did things, plastic place. He, yeah. he basically did things when nobody was around. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, he was just a focused guy. He had a routine, and nobody could get on his way. But I also remember in Toronto, he threw a bat through a TV and, uh, oh. and broke a toilet in the, in the locker room. And... To send a bill to John Hart, it was like four grand, and Joe almost had a heart attack. <laughs> but other than that, the guy was a, a truly uh, a guy that was focused, and he was he wanted to play every day and do played a good job. Day. Yeah, life having him batting for you when you're on the mound. I tell you what, it was just fun to watch all those guys hit. I mean, just Kenny to come from behind Eddie. wins. Yeah, Keddy setting this, you know, getting on base and him stealing and. You know, Carlos and Eddie and, you know, just up and down the line. How about the game with we came back, we were down, Ten. what, 8 eight nothing against Toronto and, and right. Cones on the mound? Cones on the mound, yeah. And we ended up beating, what, Sorrento, 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 Sorr
Tell me you're clean. Please tell me you're clean. <laughs> yeah. Please. Say, I, I'm clean. That's, yeah, what, that's what I when he turned yeah. into Yeah, I got like, yeah. please tell me you're clean. And it really fired us all up. I mean, it really got us all going. But uh, Tony's leading the, what, the 13th inning off? It's 1 o'clock in the morning. Yep. And, and Zane uh, Smith been, comes yep, in. And uh, he goes to a 3-0 count. And I'm sitting there thinking, I couldn't decide whether, and I let you guys swing a lot, 3-0. You know, because these guys could. These guys just, could. just not that one guy in camp the year before. He doesn't <laughs> one guy in camp. Yeah. Tom couldn't do it. Tom couldn't do it. Yeah, but, uh, um, and so I can't decide whether to let him swing away or, or you know, take, take a, a pitch because I thought, well, if he, if he walks, it's going to, you know, I can't pinch run for him because you already. Yeah, I'm Bonnie you know, and, and you pinch run for, for you. So he's a, my last catcher is going to take two long singles and a double to get Tony in. <laughs> and um, and, and uh, so I, I thought, oh, well, I'm going to let him hit. And, I, and I, I go up to give Jeff Newman, our third base coach, the hit sign. And it was too late. The pitch was on the way. And all of a sudden, pow, he hits the ball out of the ballpark. And after the game, I was asked, did he have the green light or the red light? And I said, well, it was really probably a little more amber than anything else. <laughs> but uh, what an exciting deal that was. The, that the was... funny thing about that home run is that Tony Pena was celebrating that ball barely made it out. <laughs> I know he did. Yeah. <laughs> I said, Tony, run. <laughs> I thought we were excited for him, and yeah. he was a great guy to have around, too. He was a good leader. He, yeah, was, yeah, a, he, he was. An That's incredible right. victory. We end up sweeping the Red Sox. Uh, you pitch seven innings in Fenway. Jimmy hits a home run in the first yeah. inning. A uh, little drizzly, rainy day. So we sweep the Red Sox and go on to Seattle, and um, they have a rookie pitcher start against yeah. us and ends yeah. up, you know, taking our offense and um, only Walcott. giving up a couple hits oh, yeah, the base crazy loaded thing. first inning yes and, and got no he got runs out of it, it. no yeah. no outs yeah and uh then we end up obviously uh winning three straight uh in that series to uh to come back and and take the uh alcs pennant. i remember i remember going to the plane flight back to cleveland from seattle and, and everybody on the planes up dancing to macaroni oh my oh, god yeah. my erga had everybody going in the aisles, yep. dancing the yep. macarena. Even the wives. Even yeah, the wives. Even yeah. the wives, yeah. absolutely. Um, I don't know about you guys, if there's one moment in that ALCS, Kenny stealing or Kenny scoring from second base on a pass ball was it for me. That was just oh, the yeah. most remarkable thing. Yeah. Kenny yeah. stole the show. Kenny yeah. stole the show in that series. But how Den about the Dennis fans? Dennis pitched pretty good, too, that day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, Dennis uh, he was real good, stepped yeah. up against Randy and, and yeah. did it up. And the fans greeting us at, uh, what was it, 4 o'clock in the morning oh, yeah. when we landed oh, yeah. for the American League Championship trophy, and the fans were lining. Awesome. Uh, we, had people, we, had people, we had people stopping on the interstate right. on 71 <laughs> as we're going back to the ballpark, stopping and getting out of their car. I mean, it, it, individual, yeah. you know, getting yeah. out and clapping. It was, it was, yeah, it really was. The only other season that was uh, better in the Indians' history was 54 when the team won 111 games. So they had a little slighter, better winning percentage, but the second best uh, season in the history of this franchise. We go to our uh, the postseason for time the first Bobby. time. Remember, we only played 144 44 games. games. I know. We probably would have beat them yeah. if Who we knows? had 154. No question about it. We go to game one. Uh, a lot of things happened in that game one. Albert hits the home run in the 11th inning. They steal his bat, oh, thinking that, remember, yeah. it was his court. Yeah. Cut it in half in the post-game press conference. Tony Pena's game-winning home run to give us our first uh, postseason win since 48. We're we're what do you remember? I, we're, we're sitting in that, in that ball game, and um, Tony's leading the, inning, leading, the, leading the game off. They did that? 
They cut Jabber's bat? Yes. Oh, they, yeah. they did. Oh, yeah. They confiscated his bat and they made him slice it in half. I remember I remember when that happened. I was, I was standing next to Albert and, I, and actually Tony was I was there. I said, Tell me you're clean. Please tell me you're clean. <laughs> yeah. Please. They say, I'm clean. That's, yeah, what, he, what, that's I when he turned yeah. into Yeah, I got like, yeah. please uh, tell me yeah. you're clean. Yeah. Uh, but, that, uh, but and, and um, it really fired us all up. I mean, it really got us all going. But uh, Tony's leading the, what, the 13th inning off? It's 1 o'clock in the morning. Yep. And, and Zane uh, Smith been, comes yep, in. And uh, he goes to a 3-0 count. And I'm sitting there thinking, I couldn't decide whether, and I let you guys swing a lot, 3-0. You know, and because these guys could. These guys Just could. not that one guy in camp the year before. He doesn't <laughs> one guy three, in camp. You know. yeah. Tom couldn't do Tom it. Tom couldn't do it. Yeah, but, uh, um, and so I can't decide whether to let him swing away or, or you know, take, take a, a pitch because I thought, well, if he, if he walks, it's going to, you know, I can't pinch run for him because you'd be already. Yeah, I'm Bonnie, you, know, and you pinch, pinch run for you. And so he's a, my last catcher is going to take two long singles and a double to get Tony <laughs> in. And, um, and, and uh, so I, I thought, oh, well, I'm going to let him hit. And, I, and I, I go up to give Jeff Newman, our third base coach, the hit sign. And it was too late. The pitch is on the way. And all of a sudden, pow, he hits the ball out of the ballpark. And after the game, I was asked, did he have the green light or the red light? And I said, well, it was really probably a little more amber than anything else. <laughs> but uh, what an exciting deal that was. The, that the was... funny thing about that home run is that Tony Pena was celebrating that Bo Burley made it out. <laughs> I know he did, yeah. <laughs> I said, Tony, run. <laughs> I thought we were excited for him, and yeah. he was a great guy to have around, too. He was a good leader. He, yeah, was, yeah, a, he, he was. An That's incredible right. victory. We end up sweeping the Red Sox. Uh, you pitch seven innings in Fenway. Jimmy hits a home run in the first yeah. inning. A uh, little drizzly, rainy day. So we sweep the Red Sox and go on to Seattle, and um, they have a rookie pitcher start against yeah. us and ends yeah. up, you know, taking our offense and um, well, only given up a couple hits. Oh, yeah, some the crazy the first thing. inning. Yes, and, and got no runs out, out of it. it. No, yeah. no outs. Yeah, and uh, then we end up obviously uh, winning three straight uh, in that series to uh, to come back and, and take the uh, ALCS. Penalty. I remember. I remember going to the plane flight back to Cleveland from Seattle, and, and everybody on the planes up dancing to Macarena. Oh my oh, God! Yeah. Had everybody going in the aisles, yeah. dancing the yeah. macarena. Even the wives. Even yeah, the wives. Yeah. And the wives, yeah. absolutely. Um, I don't know about you guys. If there's one moment in that ALCS, Kenny stealing or Kenny scoring from second base on a pass ball was it for me. That was just oh, the yeah. most remarkable thing. Yeah. yeah. Kenny stole the show. Kenny yeah. stole the show in that series. But how Den about the Dennis fans? Dennis pitched pretty good, too, that day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Dennis uh, he was real good, stepped yeah. up against Randy and, and yeah. did it up. And the fans greeting us at, uh, what was it, 4 o'clock in the morning oh, yeah. when we landed oh, yeah. with the American League Championship trophy, and the fans were lining. Uh, awesome. we, had people, we, had people, we had people stopping on the interstate right. on 71 <laughs> as we're going back to the ballpark, stopping and getting out of their car. I mean, it, it, individual, you know, getting out yeah. and clapping. It was, it was, yeah, it really was. And that's all we have time for on this week's edition of Tribe Talk. But, as always, thanks to Bobby D for some of the great work he does with some of the former greats for the Indians, and in this case, Mike Hargrove, Sandy Alomar, and Charlie Nagy, reminiscing about those great years back in the early 90s, really the buildup to what became just a, an outstanding stretch of play for the Indians' perennial playoff teams and twice making it to the World Series. And uh, those three certainly a major part of that from the very beginning of the buildup for the tribe. 
Well, we hope you've had a great Thanksgiving weekend. We'll get back at it next week on Tribe Talk with more news and information on the Indians and Major League Baseball. Until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, making it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Brought to you by Subway, where winners eat.